don't know like I know what he's done for me. Praise the Lord. Isn't God so good? I know my husband's already referenced it, but if you were able to be here Wednesday night, I think you're probably still basking in what we felt. And hopefully the overflow is helping those who weren't able to be here to feel it as well. But it was so good. Um, I really don't know how to describe what I'm going to talk about today, what kind of message or Bible study this is, but I'm just going to talk to you about what's been on my heart for some time now. I was going to do this the last time, but I ended up feeling something different. But Sister Star, if you could get Luke 15 up there. My husband has already talked on, I know for sure, two of these in the last couple months and probably has talked on the one I'm going to talk on, uh, my memory, which is not great. You know, I always tell my personal stories. And um, (laughs) Thursday, my husband left to go to the post office, and I get a phone call, and he's like, babe, where's the Yukon? And I had to sit there and think for a minute, then I realized, oh, I guess I left it at church last night. (laughs) Didn't realize it. I'm so glad you guys are here. Praise. Um, Anyway, so when I say my brain's been a little frazzled, I promise you, I'm not just saying that just to be funny. It's been a little bit off. So I left our vehicle here and didn't realize I had. But Luke 15, um, we got it. Yeah, we're okay. So if you have your Bibles, Luke 15, you do not have to stand. We're going to read the whole thing. Um, But it says, um, we're going to start with, um, he's telling parables, and we're going to start with verse 3. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, Doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. And then he goes into the lost coin, either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the piece which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And then verse 11, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. 
Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they begin to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. That's three parables of three different instances of things being lost that God shows us. My husband pointed out, you can be sitting here today. You could come every service and be lost in the house like the lost coin. Um, the prodigal, I mean, the parable of the lost sheep to me emphasizes the fact that it didn't matter that 99 were okay. Christ was not happy with one being lost. He did what it took to get that one back. I believe this, this parable of the prodigal son, We, you hear sermons focusing on the son, you hear people focusing on the brother you hear people focusing on the father it's all of it combined to me that helps us to understand a father's love and it helps us to maybe open our eyes on how we should respond to those who are prodigals and and fallen away um, I looked up prodigal I always thought in my mind prodigal meant you know a lost a son daughter that's lost prodigal really is about spending and um, if you look it up in the dictionary, it talks about spending foolishly away what you have. I realize in this that he did have goods that the father gave him, and he spent all that away. But the thing that I think that was spent most foolishly and that he probably wishes over all of the finances, all of the goods that he had, was probably the time that he wasted away from the house of, from his father. And I think if we could go into anybody that's ever been away from significant time from the Lord and they come back, most anybody will tell you what they wish is that they wouldn't have spent so much time away. Time is something that we all spend. I don't care how broke or how rich we are. Every day we're spending time. And I think about wasted time that, that people spend away from the house of God. Um, the central truth of this parable to me is that the picture of the Heavenly Father's heart of love towards undeserving. Um, it was different with the elder son. He liked being home. They don't say much about the elder son except for he got mad. And you hear people say, well, we kind of understand that. 
but I find it that it's pretty sad to me that the elder son's first response was not joy that his lost brother was back. It was jealousy, and um, I've heard people say, well, it was merited. I would feel that way, too. If you ever pray and ask God to give you a burden, be ready for God to give you a burden. I heard Sister Mickey Mangan tell the story years ago how an animal had been hit on the side of the road, and she is an animal activist. She loves animals. She talks about how much she loves them. And she pulled over to help this dog that had been hit, and she said, I was leaned over crying for this animal that had been hit on the side of the road, so sad that it had been hit, and it was probably not going to survive. And she said in that moment, God spoke to her and said, when is the last time you wept over a lost soul like that? See, it's easy for me to cry over my family that's away from God. But when you have a burden and you ask God to give you a burden, he might just give you a burden for somebody you never dreamt. That you wake up in the middle of the night weeping for these people that are away from the house of God. I pray that we all have a burden for somebody. And I pray that you could pray for my family as if they were your own. You see, anywhere a man is away from God is far country. You can be away from God sitting here and you're in a far country. A world without God or a world that forgets God is a far country. Wherever you are not in fellowship with God, your life is a far country. You do not belong there. When you seek to please yourself, that is being in a far country. The prodigal son story, the, the terminology used in verse 12, the younger son says, he said, Father, give me. And he's telling the father, give me, what I de- give me what I deserve. It's my inheritance. Give me this. Give me that. And then he leaves, and we know how sad it gets. Um, I heard one message say that he didn't necessarily return. His hopes of returning wasn't necessarily because he realized how much he loved his father. We have to be careful not to judge motives when people come in here, why they're here. I don't care if they come in and maybe they are coming here because they're in desperate need of some kind of help. We need to realize that they're coming to the house of God for a reason. The older son, I believe he he loved his father. I believe he loved being at home. But he had resentment towards the lost brother that comes back. He doesn't even call him his brother. He looks at his father and says, "Your, your son. But the prodigal being away from him cost him the fellowship of his father and all the joys of being home. It cost him his freedom. He thought he was going to be free. That's why he left. How many times have we seen this happen in the church when people feel like the enemy has made them believe they're in bondage inside these four walls, and they go outside seeking freedom, yet they're more in bondage than they ever were. When he reached this far country, he, he was living life. The Bible says the pleasures of sin are for a season, He didn't know right away that he was going to be in trouble. He was enjoying what he was doing. The Bible clearly says that. But he comes to himself. And we have to pray that the prodigals will come to themselves. 
we can't forget being the sons inside the house of what we have in here. Sometimes if we get lost with our motives, then we're going to forget really the benefits of being inside this house. There's patience in this house. There's joy. There's peace. And if we get too lackadaisical and almost have the air that, well, we're living life good for God, so we deserve all of this. We do not deserve it any more than the prodigal does. God's mercies are the same for the prodigal as it is for us. Um, today, what I want us to do is um, we're going to do some praying over prodigals. And um, I want you to start thinking in your mind. Now, this is not, we need to pray for every lost soul. I'm not, this is, but right today is about prodigals. People that you know that have been in church possibly this church or another church, somebody that has served God at one point has known the Father's love and has lived safely inside the ark, but they're no longer serving God. And that's what I want us to focus on today. I want you to think about somebody. I want you to be getting that in your mind. You can think of more than one person. But when he came to himself, he recognized his desperate condition. He realized, what am I doing here? And it's a sad place to be, I'm sure, to be out there feeling like, can I even go back? How will my father respond to me? He realized all that his father had. And that's how we need to pray for the prodigals. We need to realize, ask them to realize, pray that they realize what the father has. I'm skimming through some of this because I know time's going to get away. And I want to get to the main thing that I want to do today. Just as the prodigal said, he said, I will rise and go home. We need to pray that the prodigal realize that they can come in home and that they're going to be received by their brothers and sisters without judgment, without feeling like you don't deserve to be here. Look, God, I've been serving you my whole life. I didn't go out and do wild things. I didn't stray from you. That is not how we respond to a prodigal when he walks through this door. And I believe my husband said it. We are going to see a flood of prodigals come into this congregation this year and I believe it's going to happen quickly and we have to have our hearts prepared and ready to receive these prodigals now I have copied off um, a thing and I'm going to go over it real quick with you and we're all going to get a copy of this but this is called preparing for prodigals on one side of this and then the other side tells you how to pray for a prodigal Right now, can anybody think of a prodigal? Right now, does anybody have a prodigal on their heart? Show of hands that you know needs to be in the house of God and they're not here.
we worship God right now? I feel him so strong today. It's his will, it's his desire to restore every lost heart. The enemy seeks to kill, steal, and destroy your loved ones. But God is greater, and we cannot give up. Protocol number one, once a son, always a son. You can be disinherited, lose the reward of heaven, but you can never be unsunned. You return to God the same way you left. God does not give you a lesser place but anticipates you do more and being better when you return. Protocol number two, they need to know however the father treats a returning son is the same way we should treat him. He sinned against the father and the father forgave him. If the father forgave him, we should forgive them. The prodigal son returned to the father, not the father's house. Father's house was not entirely in line with father. Many people love the father but are reluctant to go back to the father's house. They are afraid of being mistreated, misunderstood, and judged. Protocol number three. We must celebrate the right decision to come home rather than focusing on all the wrong decisions they made while they were away. That would be so silly to see someone sinking out in the ocean and be out there hollering, why didn't you have a life jacket? How crazy would that be? We cannot condemn people for the choices they've made. The father did not lecture the prodigal before he left, and he didn't lecture him when he came home. He operated on the principle of love rather than manipulation and control. Love never holds you against your will. Love was the last memory in the mind of the wandering son. The freedom to leave equals the freedom to come home. Prodigal number four. I mean, protocol number four. If you still have a problem with the prodigal once he has returned home, your problem is not with the prodigal. It's with the father. Talk to him about it. The elder son was the opposite of a party. The rule followers know better than God. When you cannot celebrate the mercy of God in someone else's life, you have a breakdown with God. Resentment is around unequal rewards. I deserve it. I did right and get nothing. They did everything wrong and got celebrated. The father is teaching a higher principle of what grace looks like. And I want to say right now, how many of us sitting here, just because people haven't seen on the outside our struggles, doesn't mean that we haven't ever said in this house just as lost as someone out there. I believe at one time we all have been in bad places, whether anybody knew about it or not. And we needed God's grace just as much as anybody else. Protocol number five, the insight we get from how the father treats returning sons gives us insight about how the father feels about sons that never leave. Now we're going to pray for some prodigals. Right now, if I could get Brother Little, a couple people to... Jerry, could you help, please? We're going to get these passed out. You can take this one. This one over here. Yes. I'm talking with my girls just this past week about someone we've been really concerned about. 
I said, our, our responsibility to me, what I want my girls, what I'm trying to teach them is whether this person ever comes back or not, when we stand before the Lord, I want that person to say they never mistreated me. They always showed me God's love. They never judged me. They showed me God's love. And then when they do decide to come back here, if that's the choice, and I'm believing that for everyone, they can look at me, they can look at my girls or whoever and say, they never mistreated me. They loved me when I was unlovable. I want to love like Jesus does. These papers that I'm passing out has what I just read on you on the left side of it. And then on the right side, there's prayers for prodigals. And if it's all right, I know we're running short on time, but I would like us to uh, take a few minutes and do each one of these prayers. I've got different ones that are going to help me lead these prayers out. I asked for the littles. I asked for Sister Laura. I haven't asked my husband because I knew he would do it for me, and, sh and I didn't give him a heads up. And then some of them were just going to pray together. <laughs> we kind of work like that, Marie. I saw her do a little giggle. Um, and then we don't have time today because I really want you to think about it. But we're going to end in prayer, but I'm going to also have these. It's preparing for prodigals. And it puts your name at the top, your phone number. And then underneath says about your prodigal. This is information about somebody that you want us to be praying for. We are going to have a season of prayer throughout the next few weeks. Leadership has talked about different ways of outreach. And I would love for us to do a backslider blitz. But we need this information. You have the choice to put their name, their age, their phone number, if they have an email or an address, city. Um, but then underneath it says, how do you feel they can best be reached? And these are your options. Text, phone call, a card, email. And then there is a box that says prayers only. Please do not contact. You know your prodigals better than anybody else does. And it's okay to put on there, don't contact them, if you know that that would be more detrimental for them. And I, you say, well, how could that be? There are personalities that aren't ready to receive an outside church person coming to see them or call them. But we want to pray for every backslider that we can. And then there's a spot that you can put any other prayers, notes, or anything. As of right now, these will strictly just go to the leadership team. And then we'll pray over them, and then we'll keep you um, in, in, um, in, informed of what we're going to do with these. I'm going to put these on the altar, um, and at the end of the service, I want you all to pick up, and I can always make more, uh, pick up a couple, um, one or two. or I know that we know more than just one backslider, but I can make more, and then we'll put them in the offering plates, or at the end of service, we'll collect them, okay? I'm hoping there's some people up. I know upstairs, we all need to do this. I have felt this so strong. My brother was away from the Lord for 20 plus years. And um, God orchestrates everything so well. Placed somebody in his life that knew my brother from a young age. And this person and his wife reached out to my husband. It wasn't every time calling him say, hey, I want you to come to church. I want you to come to church. They would call him and say, hey, we're having a ball tournament. I know you play ball. Will you come play ball? There's other ways that we can reach people instead of hammering, get to church, get to church. 
But let's go over these real quick. Prayers for prodigals. Pray that they would remember the love of the Father. Sister Laura, why don't you come on up here? His goodness in their life and all the times in his presence. May they remember their purpose, their callings, and what it felt like to be in alignment with him. Give them a desire for his presence and his peace. Pray for them to have dreams about Jesus and eternity. Pray for them to cross paths with children of God who will speak life and restoration to them. Pray for people who will listen to them, acknowledge where they are, and be a bridge back to the Father and in time, Father's house. Pray for the voice of deception in their ears to be silenced. This is one that I want us to focus on. We don't have time to take every individual one and really focus on him. But I want Sister Laura to lead us in a prayer that our loved ones, because I'm going to tell you what, the enemy's in their ear every day. He's in mine every day. It's a constant battle. I have to make a choice every day, every day. I've got to, I can't listen to that. But I'm going to tell you how he comes to your prodigal. The main thing that I believe he does to prodigals is once they've stepped outside and made a mistake, he condemns, condemns, condemns. We need to pray that the voice of the enemy will be silenced in their ears. Let's all stand as we end this out with some of these prayers. Lord, I pray right now, God, that you will touch. God, reach out to every one of our loved ones, our families and friends, God. Everyone from this church, God, that we know, God, that is backslidden, God, that is lost, God. God, I pray right now, God, that you would, God, bring to their mind, God, the love that they felt in your house, God. God, I pray that you would help them, God, to have a strong desire, God, for your presence once more, God. God, cause them to have dreams, God. I pray right now, God, that you would send people, God, to them, Lord. God, to reach out to them, God. Help them to feel your love flow off of them, God. Your light shine in their darkness, God. God, help that person, God, to be a bridge, God, to help them come back to your house again, Lord. And God, I pray right now, God, God, that you would shut the mouth of the enemy, God. God, I rebuke, God, in Jesus' name, the spirit of deception, God, in their life right now, God. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to grow a deaf ear to the enemy, God. And God, I pray right now, God, that you would loose. God, the voice of truth, God. Let truth be spoken in their ears, God. God, I pray that you would bring truth back to their, not, their, their minds, God. Lord, I bind God guilt and shame and condemnation, God. And Lord, I pray right now that you would loose, God, your peace, love, God, and comfort, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We claim victory in our lives, God. Help us, God, to love, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Loose the voice of truth, Sister Laura. Just pray that. You bind the guilt, the shame, and the condemnation. Go to the roots of their issues. Name them. And remove them in Jesus' name. They give an example. I pull out this root of anger in Jesus' name. I release love and forgiveness in its place. I cut off every addiction in Jesus' name. Every perverse spirit, I bind you in Jesus' name. Immorality and pornography, you are defeated by the blood of Jesus. I denounce your hold on and you say your loved one's life. I release wholeness and healing to them. 
Pray against rebellion, bitterness, and strongholds of resentment in its place. Pray for a tender heart, forgiveness, and a desire for restoration. Some people are not here today because they were hurt. And the enemy planted roots of bitterness. We need to pray for that. Brother Littles, would you come and pray against rebellion, bitterness, and strongholds of Lord, we come together today. We ask that you reach to every prodigal, Lord, to those that are on our minds, Lord, those that have come to our hearts this morning as we begin to think and focus, Lord, to those that we haven't yet remembered, but we know they're there, and you know they're there, and you're pulling and caring for them. And each of them, we pray and we ask, Lord God, we pray against rebellion, against bitterness, against strongholds of resentment, things that have play, taken place and been into and gotten a hold upon them, that they have focused on these rather than on your truth, rather than on your grace and your mercy, and we bind these and we cast them out. We ask that you place in that place, God, a tender heart, a thought of some forgiveness and a desire to be in your presence, a desire to come back to you and to know you once again, to come back into a place of communion with you rather than a place of separation, Lord God. We ask that you heal wounds and that you touch hearts, Lord, those that have been hurt and those that have taken some sort of offense that may hold them or keep them from you, but they realize that that offense be not worthy, Lord God, of keeping them in separation from communion with you. We thank you. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And that fell under the category, pray for healing of wounds they received in the Father's house, because that does happen. And I believe we all could probably say right here, standing, we've had to overcome wounds that have happened here. Pray against false doctrine and avenues of false doctrine. Find every relationship in their life that is taking them away from God. I tell my girls, the people in your life are going to either lead you to heaven or they're going to lead you to hell. That's the same way it is in adults. That's the truth of it, people. There's only two options. We don't get a third option. You're either going to heaven or you're going to go to hell. And I'm sorry this is so heavy for anybody new here. But the people you choose to get close with, yes, Jesus was a friend of sinners. And you can be a friend of sinners without associating and being guilty by association, doing things that they are not doing to conduct a godly lifestyle. You can love them. You can hug them, you can call them and pray them, but do not attach yourself to things that are not of God. You will not, it will not end well. Find every relationship in their life that is taking them away from God. Pray about the right kind of relationships that are needed. Ask God to send people that will help them fulfill their God-given destiny. And lastly, I want my husband to come, and we need to pray for that, and then pray for us. That we'll have the spirit of the father, one that does not judge, but accepts them back without questions. You do not need to know one blasted thing about what they did while they were away. It's none of our businesses. We don't need to be nosy all in the sake of concern. We don't need to know a thing. God knows it all. Just pray that we can be who God wants to be. Pray to be the one that is eager to be the bridge of restoration and equipper of tools for them to live in victory. Pastor, will you close us out with that? In between services, if you all want to grab some of these prodigal things and fill them out, and we will collect them. I want us to pray together individually. This is an individual prayer that I will be what he wants me to be, an instrument, a tool of bringing the backslider back. 
of seeing the prodigal return. I believe what the Spirit said today is that we are going to see a quick work. And it starts in me. It starts in you. I want you to pray personally that God will make you the reason a prodigal returns. Would you pray that? God, I pray right now for every person in this place that we will be what will cause the prodigal to return. God, that you will take out of us that you will take out of us anything that is evil, that you will remove, God, any judgmental attitude, and that you'll replace it with love. I pray, God, that you'll give us the love that you have. God, I pray that you would cause us to be the reason why that they see your love. I pray, God, that they will rekindle that fire. God, that you would allow them to see the spark and let it start in us. God, we pray against the spirit of condemnation. We pray against the spirit of judgmental attitudes. I pray today, God, that you would take that away from us and that you would replace it with love. I pray that love would be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. I pray for every person that's here that's praying for a prodigal now, God, that you would allow them to see it and see it soon. I want somebody to go ahead and clap your hands and thank the Lord that He's already at work. God, you are seeking and saving that which was lost. They will be lost no more, for they shall return, and they shall return quickly. And we celebrate it today in Jesus' name. I want to encourage everybody that's here to come to get one of these sheets of paper and fill it out. Somebody that you're praying for. Everybody can find somebody to pray for. So we have a few moments before we begin with prayer. We want you to come pick up one of these prodigal information sheets. Fill them out. Get them turned in so as a ministry team we can be praying with you and doing what we can do to see them return and be saved. God bless you. Take just a couple of moments break and we're going to have a wonderful worship service.